Welcome to the Not Old Better Show. I'm Paul Vogelsang, and this is episode number 454. As part of our Smithsonian Associates Art of Living author interview series, today's show is one to listen to. They all are, in my humble opinion, but returning guest, historian Garrett Peck, has written a new book, A Decade of Disruption. Garrett Peck is a popular guest here on the program, and his new book, again, A Decade of Disruption, is getting rave reviews online already, and it is excellent. I will tell you that myself. We will be speaking with Garrett Peck about his new book, A Decade of Disruption, and also about his upcoming Zoom presentation at Smithsonian Associates. Yes, I said Zoom presentation. Of course, Smithsonian Associates, the world's largest museum-based educational program, is presenting a new online learning initiative, Smithsonian Associates Streaming. Live programs through June 11th are offered free of charge with an expanded slate of virtual programming inspired by the full range of topics Smithsonian Associates offers year-round, available for streaming beginning June 16th. It just so happens that Garrett Peck will be appearing at Smithsonian Associates June 16th, 2020 via Zoom, and the title of his presentation to coincide with his new book is A Decade of Disruption, America in the New Millennium. Details are available at our website. As I say, Garrett Peck's new book is getting rave reviews, and it is excellent. We'll be hearing from Garrett Peck about the book in just a moment, including the unprecedented sweep of events and upheavals in the years that spanned 2000 to 2010. The 9-11 terrorist attacks, Enron and WorldCom, the Iraq War, Hurricane Katrina, the disruptive nature of the internet, an anxious, aging population redefining retirement, the gay community demanding full civil rights, a society becoming ever more racially diverse, the housing bubble, and much, much more, including a reading from Garrett Peck from his new book related to climate change, another catastrophic, disruptive event. By the mid-1990s, the scientific community had reached consensus that our hydrocarbon-fueled society was damaging the environment through greenhouse gas emissions. Man-made climate change was rapidly warming the planet, and scientists warned that we had to take constructive steps to curb carbon emissions. The global framework was mapped out in 1997 called the Kyoto Protocol, but the United States largely ignored it. In 2001, climate scientists charted how the world's climate had evolved from 1,000 CE on, noting the medieval warm period and the Little Ice Age. The temperature fluctuated slightly, but was largely stable. And then the Industrial Revolution began in the 1800s, fueled by burning coal. The world's temperature rose steeply in the 20th century. Climate scientists called it the, quote, hockey stick, a graphic representation of the warming climate. Former Vice President and Presidential Candidate Al Gore had long fought to raise public awareness about climate change. Gore produced and starred in an influential 2006 documentary called An Inconvenient Truth, which noted the scientific evidence behind climate change and called for action. So much of what he noted was political procrastination. Climate change was happening, an observable event to many people, yet slow enough that people were were adjusting to it. It was far down the list of issues for politicians to tackle. That, of course, is our guest today, author, historian Garrett Peck, reading from his new book, A Decade of Disruption. Please join me in welcoming to the Not Old Better Show via internet phone, author, historian Garrett Peck. 
Garrett Peck, welcome to the program. Thank you, Paul. It's great to be back here. It's great to talk to you again. Certainly a audience favorite. We've got a fantastic book that we're going to talk about of yours. A Decade of Disruption is the title. We'll get into that in just a second. But I wonder if you'd tell us about your upcoming, and I just want to I want to emphasize this verbally, the upcoming Zoom streaming presentation at the Smithsonian Associates, because this is kind of all new for Smithsonian Associates. And uh, maybe you'd tell us about how you're kind of tackling it, what you what you expect during the presentation, kind of how you're you know planning for all of this. Sure. Yeah. It's um we are right in the midst of a pandemic right now. For most of us, for most of us, it's our very first one, and so we're all having to adapt. You know, we've all had our lives severely every every person on the planet has had their lives severely disrupted and so we have to adapt around it and we all have to be resilient so part of which of course is the fact that i think most of us don't really feel safe all gathering together in one room you know we're going to be breathing on each other and so on so that's why we've had to shift towards the zoom platform um, and hopefully people will be able to gather that way and uh, and learn something and also it's interactive so people can ask questions and so on so the the day that i'm doing it's 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 kind of your standard Smithsonian lecture, except I'm going to be uh, in, in my home office. You will not know whether or not I'm wearing pants. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and that'll be on June 16th <laughs> and uh, in the evening. So, and I'll be talking about this book, which deals with the first decade of the 21st century, uh, a decade of disruption. And of course, we're living through another enormous time of disruption as, as we speak right now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be joining you. Um... As one of the audience members, I won't be joining you on the on, on, in any other capacity other than just a fan of yours, and and I'm excited to yeah Yay. absolutely, and uh, and I think it's going to be really interesting to experience some of the Smithsonian presentations via Zoom, and uh, I think it'll be kind of a, a nice way to have this interactivity. But I wanted to talk to you to and you kind of refer to this that you know the book of course is the first decade of the twenty twenty first century, but. I guess it may have set in motion some or, or some of the events that you describe in the book perhaps set in motion this pandemic that we're now facing. At least there's this deeply divided nature uh, with our attempt to deal with the pandemic. Maybe bring us forward a little bit to today from the book and, and kind of tell us what what's perhaps led up to the moment that we're yeah. now in. Um, certainly a lot of cultural division is, is, uh, is probably the key theme right here. You know, how our country is responding to it or not responding to the pandemic is really, people are going to be studying this for years afterwards. So, but a lot of this, this cultural division that's been going on, I think, really since the time of, of Vietnam and Watergate. And if anything, it's really just really blowing up right now. Um, the flip side of that is I'm seeing far um far more of the fact that Americans are really banding together to help each other out. You know, I've not seen this in a long, long time. And people are just kind of doing it at the grass level. So that's grassroots level. So that's that's wonderful to see. Um, certainly there have been other pandemics very famously in 1918, the Spanish influenza. But in that case, there was a world war going on and it happens fairly quickly. It was over and done with in the fall of 1918 in about three months. And because the war was going on, most Americans, even though it was really, really deadly, but most Americans kind of ignored it and got over it pretty fast. This one is going to be far more disruptive because we've basically put our economy in, into a coma, medically induced coma. And this is not going to end, really. I mean, let's be honest, until we get the vaccine. And that's not going to be till 2021 at some point. You know, So we are in the process of reopening the economy right now, but I mean, that's going to take a long time. And it's never going to be thoroughly be opened until everyone gets the shot in their arm at some point, you know, and the big question is, do you feel safe going out and going to the theater or getting, getting on an airplane or whatnot? I think 
for many Americans, the answer is no. You know, um, we've certainly seen you know cultural divisions, like even political divisions, around gee, should you wear a mask or not? The CDC certainly recommends that you wear a facial covering, especially if you're going into CVS or the grocery store or someplace where other people are going to be around. Um, and yet there's part of the country that's saying like, that's my liberty, that's my, you're violating my constitutional right and, and so on. And I, I, I admit, I kind of roll my eyes a little bit at that, about, at that, like this is really a false choice. This is really about protecting your fellow human being. You know, you, you, you wear a facial covering to protect them, all the other people who are around you, the, the nurses, the grocery store operators, the people who work at CVS and whatnot, you know, it's not about you. It's about us. Yeah, I appreciate all of that and uh, and your, your candor in, in, in answering these questions because they are tough ones. We, of course, are with Garrett Peck, author of the new book, A Decade of Disruption. The book is excellent. It's getting some great reviews online. We go back and we look at that first decade of, of that um, – of, of 2000 and whether it's Enron declaring bankruptcy and uh, the conspiracy – uh, investigation that took place, whether it is um, Massachusetts recognizing uh, gay marriage for the first time or Katrina or Barack Obama being uh, elected president. All these things are momentous and, and huge. And so I wondered if you'd maybe give us a comparison. This is a tough – this is perhaps tough to to really grapple with and I, I certainly don't mean to make light of it. But what, what do you think was worse for our country? Uh, out of out of some of these disruptive events, was it was it September 11th, or was it the banks that ended up being too big to fail, uh, and then ended up in the in this massive bailout? and And maybe tell us tell tell us why you think this. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> and that is a really really tough question. Um, certainly, 9/11 was the definitive moment of the decade. It, it influenced so much of of the course our nation took. You know, we we invaded Afghanistan and overthrew the, the Taliban government and threw the, the al-Qaeda out of the country. But it also helped set the stage for the Iraq war, which people on the left and the right, I think there's near unanimous agreement on this. The Iraq war was a huge mistake. We should not have done it. And what that really did was undermine the government ultimately. And that in turn helps frame the public response to the bailouts, you know, from the too big to fail era of 2008, you know, when the financial meltdown really, really hits. And, you know, immediately the, the, the federal government ships in and says, okay, we, we need to bail the banks because if we don't, we've studied history from the Great Depression. That was a huge banking failure. That's what undermined the economy. So we need to, to rescue the banks. And then there was a big part of the country that was like, why? They did this. It was their fault. And, and this was, by the way, a private sector bubble, the housing bubble, all led by the private sector. And yeah, they were the ones who were selling all these these, these terrible sub, subprime mortgages and, and CDOs, collateralized debt obligations and whatnot, which turned out all to be toxic, you know. Um, and that in turn, of course, has a huge impact on this decade, but to the second decade of the 21st century, <laughs> because we're kind of dealing with the fallout really from the Great Recession and just how divided Americans were over this question over should we rescue the banks or not to save our economy. So I don't know if that really answered your question or not, but uh, one certainly was was the most impactful event for the first decade, and then the other one was really echoes, and we're still dealing with mm-hmm. it today <laughs> in the second decade. Well, and thank you for that, and 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 as a as an Army veteran, thank you for your service. We certainly hope during this time that you and your your family are doing well. I want to ask you, 
uh, most of my audience are going to be over the age of 60. I, I'm 63. And all of us now are kind of redefining retirement. Yeah. That brings a great deal of anxiety. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of anxiety out there, especially those of us who are going to need to continue working in the gig economy or whatever you want to call it. But what's, what's your view on all this upheaval and, and its impact? Yeah. Um, I included a chapter in the book called The New Retirement, and that looked at essentially how we were living compared to people 100 years ago. We, we get three decades more of life, which is incredible, and that's modern medicine. That's really extended our lives. Um, that's great. That's fantastic. You know, I, uh, now I'm looking forward to hopefully living in my 80s or, or 90s. That, that'd be wonderful. You know, the flip side is, okay, you've got a lot of years, and very importantly, how do you pay for all this? Because you keep having bills, inflation is still there, and, and so on. And, you know, some major event like this, like the pandemic, of course, you know, took a huge hit on the stock market. It's probably made its way back here so far. But, uh, yeah, that means, I mean, let's be frank, some people have to continue working um, during this time. Um, I watched my mom. I'll give you a personal, couple personal stories here. Um, back in 2001, uh, 2000, 2001, if you, if you remember, there was the dot-com meltdown, which led to a fairly mild recession. And my mom was planning to retire right at that moment. And her 401k, I mean, her generation didn't have pensions. So she, she saw a big hit on her 401k and she realized, oh, I need to keep working. And so she did. She worked for another decade. Um, she was a therapist. And so in other words, a knowledge worker. And, you know, she kind of took it down to about part-time or so. But, um, I think also that actually was good for her. It got her out of the house. It got her some extra income and whatnot. And that becomes one of those things then, like, okay, can we afford three decades of not working? Um, you know, for a lot of people, the answer is no, just because for so many Americans, all they have is Social Security, and that's not a pension. That's not going to cover, for most people, all their costs. So for many of us, we're going to have to continue working. I, I personally plan to keep working because I, I enjoy it. Um, but, you know, my, my side gig, which is now my main career, which is now kaput, <laughs> which is being a tour guide. And uh, that, that's not going to come back, I don't think, until we get the vaccine, you know. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's one of those things about, okay, you know, and I'm, by the way, I was kind of zenned out about that. I mean, I watched my business implode the second week of March and it was like, okay, that sucks. And then quickly realized, you know, it's not the end of the world. I'll adapt which I did. I took a gig with a part-time gig with a nonprofit. And, you know, that's what we all have to do. We have to be resilient and pick up the pieces and figure out, okay, got to keep moving forward. Got to keep moving forward. You know, it's not a defeat. It's just something new and new obstacle we have to overcome. Yeah. So much of it is attitude. And, and I do think, you know, you look at this terrible uh, pandemic that we're facing. It, isolation is an equally devastating uh, occurrence. And many in my in my generation are facing very isolated circumstances, whether it's due to the pandemic or whether it is due to to something else. And so all of these things are, are very much intertwined. And, and we wish you the best with uh, we're going to we're going to talk to you about uh, some upcoming tours that you're going to do. But um, but we definitely do wish you the best, Gary Peck. And I, I want to talk to you for a second, ask you to read. You very generously did that from uh, Chapter 10 in your book titled A Smaller World. I wonder if you'd tell us what you mean over, in an overarching way, what you mean by uh, a smaller world. What happened in the first decade to, to bring this about, the smaller world? So the world, I think, has steadily been getting smaller and smaller, especially with communications. You know, the, the fact if you look at Magellan, way back, you know, 500 years ago, it sailed around the world, it took him two years. And today, of course, you can send an email and, whoop, and the, you know, a fraction of a second later, it's in Singapore. You know, 
that that kind of the world became somewhat smaller and smaller. Um, we've and in that chapter in particular, I looked at a number of different things uh, in a very critical topic that we're all becoming intimately familiar with, at least for the topic of toilet paper, and that is the supply chain. So, <laughs> <laughs> so everyone's interested in the supply chain right now, you know. <laughs> but I looked at how. Uh, over the long term, how we kind of shifted our supply chain uh, in, in many cases overseas or outside of the United States, um, you know, towards Mexico, towards China and India and whatnot. Um, a lot of companies, of course, chasing new markets, but also looking for cheaper places to source materials from and to source manufacturing from. You know, so we ended up with this global supply chain. And with the pandemic, of course, that's gotten partially disrupted. And um, of course, TP is also part of the, that equation. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and then in that chapter as well, I looked at global warming, you know, because no country is really alone in this. None of us are islands. You know, when the United States emits CO2 emissions, well, that affects the entire world. You know, in fact, earlier generations, back in the 1800s, when Great Britain started burning coal for the Industrial Revolution, that, that impacted the world economy and the world climate and so on. So, I mean, ultimately, we are all in this together. It's a global problem, and we have to solve this together. It's not one, one country can't say, you know what, I'm out of here. It's not my problem. It's not my fault. You know, it, these things like a pandemic affects everyone. And hence, our smaller, smaller world, you know, needs leadership. And I think that's one thing the U.S. is really, really exceptional about. Maybe not so much at the moment, but uh, I think we'll get back there again. The title of the book, of course, is A Decade of Disruption. Our guest is Garrett Peck. I, again, I've I really enjoyed the book, and the book is getting some great reviews online. It, it very much brings us to this point of this hyper-polarized society that, that you've kind of talked about a little bit. But where do we go from here? Where is the roadmap that you kind of lay out? Take us next. It's so interesting. You look at crisis after crisis in, in American history and world history, and by the way, we've had know, hundreds, if not thousands of crises in our history. And every time we bounce back from it, this one is, is pretty severe, but we will bounce back from it. I mean, you, and after every crisis, there's always the catharsis, like a desire, a consensus. We need to change things. Things are going to evolve from, from here. You know, um, some things are going to be good. Some things are bad. I mean, I, I am worried, very much worried about a retail apocalypse just because this thing is going to go on for a long time. How many retailers and restaurants are going to be able to, to survive? given they already operate on just laser thin margins. Um, you really wonder uh, about, about that. Um, on the other hand, we're seeing a lot more solidarity among society. I mean, a lot more people in fact are wearing their masks. I, I was over at Giant just yesterday and I saw one person not wearing their mask and probably 40 people who were wearing their, wearing their masks. You know, people are, are really getting together and they get it. This is about protecting your fellow citizen. And, um, and protecting those, those essential workers who are, by the way, overwhelmingly people of color. So I think this is one of the stark contrasts that has really emerged. You know, I, I love this quote from Warren Buffett. He was referring to day traders and whatnot and, and short traders. <laughs> but he referred to that uh, in, um, when the tide goes out, you see who's swimming naked. And that's really what this pandemic has, 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 has exposed this, this chasm here. You know, we see now who's the essential workers. I mean, every time I see a mail carrier coming up or a giant peapod operator or an Uber driver or a nurse or whatnot, it's almost always a person of color. They are absolutely essential to our economy. Many people don't have a choice. They have to work, you know, and they are sticking their necks out in the line to help all the rest of us to keep the, the, the shelves restocked. If you get in the hospital, they're going to take your temperature and, and whatnot, you know, so it's, 
you know, we, we really do need to rebuild our social compact because there's so, just so little empathy right now for, for each other. You know, I feel like some of these choices are false choices around, you know, well, our, our team, your team, et cetera, you know, rural versus urban. This is just senseless tribalism, you know? We're, we're all one of the same people and we're not, you know, giving each other enough love right now, you know? But I'm hoping out of this, there will come some great catharsis. We'll, we'll see in 2021. Well, you better guess previously, we hope to have you back. We're looking forward to seeing you coming up at the Smithsonian Associates Program. Garrett Peck, our guest, his eighth book, A Decade of Disruption, America in the New Millennium. The book is going to be published here. We're talking about the end of May, and I believe the book is out coming up June 2nd. Am I right about that, Garrett? June 2nd, which, yeah, which is almost here. Almost here. So we're looking forward to it. We're going to put links up to where... Our audience can find out more information about Garrett Peck, where they can find out more information about the book, the new book, A Decade of Disruption, and lots of other details. But Garrett Peck, thanks so much for your time. We wish you the best. Thank you, Paul. My thanks to Garrett Peck, author of the new book, A Decade of Disruption. Garrett Peck will be appearing at the Smithsonian Associates June 16th, 2020 via Zoom. And the title of his presentation to coincide with his new book is A Decade of Disruption, America in the New Millennium. Details are available at our website and in the show notes. My thanks, as always, to the Smithsonian team for all they do to support the show. And my thanks to you, my wonderful Not Old Better Show audience. Please be safe. Practice smart social distancing. Be well. And remember, let's talk about better. The Not Old Better Show. Thanks, everybody.